my creatives, what's going on? You already know when the high go. It's your neighborhood Ruger Spayer, Remo Marac. We're here for another edition of Cuts. You know what the Cuts stand for? Culture, Urban, Technology, and Sports. Now, my creatives, I ain't going to hold you, man. Um, uh, you know, we always bring you talent from under the acronym. You know what I'm saying? Also, potent figures and, po- and, and potent profile figures as well. Nonetheless, definitely have here a definitely potent figure, definitely heavy hitter in the film industry game and as well as entertainment and as well as a well-known novelist as well. I got Dennis L. Reed II in the building. Dennis, what's good, man? How you doing? How's everything? Good, man. How are you? Hey, nah, nothing, man. I'm just, I'm blessed and honored you gave me your time to speak up with you. You know what I'm saying? Shout-outs to Francis. You know what I'm saying? Francis, somebody that I've I've met um, over time. You know, I met her uh, during New York Fashion Week. You know what I'm saying? And we've connected, you know, well over the years and networked. And, you know, I definitely let her know about my podcast and, you know, she definitely connected me with you. So, you know, this is this is what we had to chop it up. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But it don't have to be an honor when you, when we family, it just happened. Yeah. Nah, that's facts. Yeah, and, and, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, definitely reading up on you, man. I definitely I, I see the major things that you're doing for the creative. So just definitely get right into it. Like, take us into the feeling of you being head of, uh, you know, original films at um, Homestead Entertainment. Like, Take us, take us into that feeling, and also to being of a BIPOC. You know what I'm saying? Like, take us into like, like, like that daily process, and as well as the feeling of, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm the head of, 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 of content or head of original films here uh, on this platform. Take us into that. I really know how I feel because it's just I, I have never been nothing but in charge, so it's like. It is just normal to me. You okay. Know, I just I think it's dope to be able to help more people. You know, like being able to make more films and you know also bring in more films to our company. And knowing that I'm be able to change some people's lives, that's the shit to me. I love doing that. You know, knowing that somebody kid gonna be able to go to college because you know this is what we're doing. That's like very important to me. You know. But just the feeling of just just doing it, it's just it's natural for me. Okay. All right. It, nah, that's what's up, man. And also too, on um, the piggyback off that, like, there's also been a change in the last decade, right? It's definitely a change of 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 people of our color. You know what I'm saying? Black people just definitely taking over, in a sense of the leader positions to control the narrative or for that much for, uh, for a matter to really distribute, you know, our content to where it needs to be. Like, do you feel in your heart of hearts that it's going it's definitely going to continue as, as the years go on? Or do you feel like there may be a, a, a minor stop in the, in the path of the journey of that? I didn't understand the question. Oh no, sorry about that. So pretty much saying that, um, of, of your insight of seeing like over the years and your experience of coming into film and everything as a late, the last decade or so you have, you know, there's, there's a abundance of like film creatives and, and directors thereof, of our color of, of black people, of black people that are now coming into those positions in your heart of hearts. Do you see it definitely continuing or is it, or do you see it like a minor stop? What's your take on that? I feel like it's going to be more because more people are just doing it. It's like people, is back in the day, it was just so hard to make a movie. 
You know, right. you only thought about I'm gonna be able to be. I'm only gonna be able to be in a theater. You know what I mean? That's all. We didn't know how to do that. You know, when you just a kid from the hood, you like we go watch the movie. You don't never really honestly think that you're gonna be the person behind the camera. You the biggest thought that you probably had was being in front of the camera. You know? Right. But now more people are just like, yo, fuck that. I want to be behind the camera. I want to learn how to do distribution. I want to learn how to direct and produce, you know, because I think more people, especially in this generation, is trying to be able to control the content. And instead of just letting other people, you know, tell our story. Like, cracking on me because I always be like, yo, I have never watched The Color Purple, right? Mm. Yeah, why should I? Like, it was told by somebody that wasn't me and not my color. You know, Denzel Washington said it dope, like when he said, would they have let a black person do the shit with us? Shit like that? No, man. You know, but now black people are starting just to say, yo, fuck that. I want to tell our story. I want to tell, I want to make our content. I want to be the person that control our narratives. And that's really big. You know, like with me right now, with Homestead, well, with really with Dentistry Productions, like I'm doing, I'm having women direct now. You know, like, I'm doing, like, a bunch of films this year, and Breeze and Cherie is directing a few of them, you know, because I'm learning that the more of us that we help, the more of us that can tell our story, the more our stories can be told, and then it's power and more. It's always power and more. You know, when you want to be the only one, that's not a good thing, and more people are thinking like that. Yeah, that's what's up, man. And then just let's definitely stay on that with Homestead. Like, in your heart of hearts, what do you feel separates y'all from the other film distribution and, and streaming platforms as well? Like, what what's significant about you guys? You know, you definitely did touch on about having more black women directors, but also too, what else adds on to that significance? What makes us different is that we really, really, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I've been with a few different distribution companies, and when I decided to start Homestead with Rob, Lynn, and Sean, I knew that it was certain shit that I just didn't want our filmmakers to have to go through. Right. But what comes with that, being real with you, I understand why those distribution companies do what they do sometimes. Because when you tell people, yo, you could call between 10 and 3 to get your numbers, Monday through Friday, people will be calling at 8 o'clock at night and then be mad that you didn't answer the phone, not knowing that any other distribution company, you got to send an email, wait for an email to come back. Email may be like three or four weeks, three or four days, whatever it may be, you know, and people tend to take advantage of it. Or mm. even, you know, when people, since I am a filmmaker, they be like, yo, why you, If why should I come to you when you're going to be giving more love to your film than you get to my film, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I'd be like, yo, that's like thinking so black right now. Like, you have to think, like, if I got a dude on my label that is dope as hell, that means that when he say, yo, watch this movie, people that ain't even thinking about you gonna watch that movie just because I said it, you know? And then you grow and be dope as fuck 
then somebody, when you say watch the movie, they gonna watch it just because you said it. You know, it's, it's like Jay Z said, um, people would rather work with the work for the man than to work with me. It's so true with this, bro. You know, and on the home said, I've learned so much. It'd be filmmakers that know they should come to us, know that we making a bunch of people a lot of money, but they would rather work with somebody else because, hey, we black. I've heard that from black people. Like, I can't do exactly. it. I don't really want to come with y'all, bro, because just being real, like, you, you black. And another one's like, I don't want you to be knowing my numbers. Like, bro, come on, man. Like, Everybody know what we doing over here. Everybody know that we making people money. Everybody know that we putting out fire content. Everybody know that the people that's with us happy. You know? And the people, if it was somebody that's not happy, that's probably because they a new filmmaker. They right. went to another distribution company and they just... And they do the research. They don't even know how blessed they are, bro. Because, like, especially with Sean and Rob, like, you would be going through something and your film and I'd be performing... And they getting on the phone with you like, yo, let's try this to make your film perform better. When another distribution company just going to be like, the film ain't performing, but we got 50 or 100 or 1,000 other films, we not worried about yours. Like, it's like going to a black college, bro. If you go to an HBCU, you tend to know that them teachers love you a little bit different. They mm-hmm. care about you a little bit more different compared to when you just go to a state school because... They, they don't really, it's a thousand people in those classes. They're not really loving you like that. You go to HBCU, they really taking time to know you. They know your problems. That's how it is at Homestead. I feel like we like a small black college making people money that we genuinely care about your movement. We care about you. You know, you ain't gonna get that from too many places, bro. Now, that's what's up, man. That's what's up, my creators. I really w- hope you took that in from what Dennis just said, man. You know what I'm saying? Real talk. We in our culture and, and being a creative, we got to stop being as judgmental because, oh, if it's the same face, oh, nah, I don't know. I don't think you're going to make mine's pop more. You gonna make, nah, you got to get that crab out, of bell- crab out of the barrel mentality out of your system as well as, I hate to, say, I, I hate to mention it, you know what I'm saying, the concepts of the Willie Lynch letter, you know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta raise your adulation for your fellow, for the fellow man or fellow woman that that has something in the bag. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just like with you with Homestead, you know what I'm saying? Son, it's it's pretty much a win-win. You know what I'm saying? Like you're talking about black creators, black owners who want your project that you created to strive through to get you past whatever the red tape um, streaming platforms would have did with your project. You know what I'm saying? And definitely. I want to touch. I want to touch on that with you. As of late, with the platforms, you know, what I'm saying like the Hulu's, the Netflix, the you know, the major platforms. Um, do you feel, in a sense, that they're taking almost like a politician type of uh, feel to them? Like they'll tell you, like, "Hey, we want to invest in in urban content and internet and 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 uh, independent content," but then. The flip side is that's not what you really were back were backing on. You know what I'm saying? Take take us into what you feel about as a late with these type of platforms. The platforms are first are they about making money, right? So when you are a subscription based platform, as far you know, you have to get movies with big names in it for people who want to subscribe to, like a Hulu, like a Netflix. You got to start doing originals. That's pretty dope because 
you have subscription people doing subscriptions and you got to be able to give them something to really look look at you know look forward to watching mm-hmm. when you have a platform like Tubi for example I call it the black HBO right right when you, and it's rising it's not like it's you know some shim sham platform I remember when the, the, the distributors I used to be with was like I'm putting you on Tubi I was like no the fuck you not <laughs> and then when I got that first Tubi check, I was like, "Can you put all my movies on Tubi?" Now? Because they, I think over at Tubi, they honestly understand that black movies mean something, and a lot of people watch. That means you know, compared to a Netflix that, especially if you uh, a creator, like Netflix, they give you $250,000 and they own your shit for three years. Right. Tubi, they ain't going to give you no upfront money. But I had somebody that made almost 600000 in four or five. Wow. You know what I mean? Off a budget of 30000 Who the fuck could do that? That's insane. That's a that. crazy turn. That's a crazy turnaround. That's almost that's almost six hundred and twenty thousand uh, turnaround. My homeboy got a movie out called Tina and Lori. Right, it's sick right And 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 I, 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 I like, bro, you got this, and the best shit ever. I know that it's changing his life. You know, he was already okay, but not good. Right. Now he can make more movies. Now he could, you know, he got three kids. Now he could be like, yo, babe, we going to Disney World. We don't have to save for that shit. That, man, people don't even know how That's to a great feeling. Kids, man. You know, and just to know that you still own your content, like what, what Homestead is doing with Tubi and IMDb TV and Vimo and all of them are able to help us do is we able to do like what Master P was doing with music. Right. You know, we could put out as much shit as we want and we going to make a lot of fucking money, man. And that's important, man. Right. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. And my career, once again, I want you to take heave of that. You know what I'm saying? It, it It's a refreshing feeling as a creative. When you, when you able to get over the hump of what you created and then to finally start really living life, you know, surpassing of your creation. You know, that's definitely dope of what you said. Um, take us into, we're going we're gonna to go into about your transition from, you know, with your novel to coming to film. Like, you know, definitely with your first novel, um, he said, she said, you know what I'm saying? And and just the hustle and grind you did with that to sell it out of, out of the trunk of your car and everything. What was the, what was the feeling of that? Like once you realize, like, all right, you know, I, I bust my tail. I bust my hump to get my book out. You know what I'm saying? And then now you transition, you come to the film game. Like, take my creatives into that. I didn't do that. It was like, I did the book, he said, she said. And at the time, bro, I, I was just getting out. Like, literally, I got, got up April 2005. And then. Like early that next year, I'm bringing he said she said. Right. You go from making one dollar amount to making pennies, bro. Like literally making two three hundred dollars a 
uh, a weekend. Cause on Friday and Saturday, I'm literally in every salon trying to sell my book. Like seeing all my vacant friends leave, seeing the people that say I love not being there, and it was just like, all right, fuck it, just gotta work, just gotta work. Then I wrote another book called True Law, and then it was just like. I kept on just looking at Michael Bazin, you know what I mean? And he was like, he was about to do a play, and I was like, I'm going to do a play. Then I, I just out this little theater, bro. We sold that bitch out, went crazy. We just kept on doing it. And then did a big play, that bitch lost. So it was like I finally had like 50000 to play with, and then we lose. Everybody turned their back on you. Because you owe motherfuckers money, and they don't tell you, they don't say like, "Yo, he paid me" or "He paid me late." They just be like, "The motherfucker ain't paid me." They don't never. Tell they don't never say when you pay them. So it was just like you know, once I was able to get good with that. I did my first movie, True Law. That was after my second book. And I remember getting jerked by the distribution company. You know what I mean? And it was just like so many ups and downs. I was just like, bro, this shit is for the birds. <laughs> you know? But it was like I did a TV series, got jerked. It was just like everything was just fucked up. And then when I did, he, when I did um, First Lady... I remember I didn't even have distribution, bro. I had met uh, met the one distribution company in um in LA and hadn't talked to them in like over a year. I'm in Atlanta, bro, because I live in Detroit. I'm in Atlanta and I was talking to these people. They were like, Why y'all call, you know, this company? And I'm like, I know that lady now. I got her number in my phone. I call her. She just straight bossed up on me. Like, don't ever call my phone. Um, email me. Don't ever call my phone. And I emailed her in the trailer, like, yo, I got this movie, and I just want you to distribute it. And she called me back in, like, two minutes, like, hello? I'm telling you now I'm going to be able to make you so much money. You ain't never made this money money in your life. I'm, like, thinking my head, like, bitch, I saw dope. I made good money. <laughs> that was like my my mind thought, but then the humbleness of it was I ain't made that kind of money in so long. Mm-hmm. If she was making me ten thousand a month, I would be happy. Right, you right. Feel me? And when First Lady came out, man, and it started doing what it was doing, I was like, God, this is so amazing, bro. And mm-hmm. it was just like we just kept on going from there, and so. This shit been going on since, bro, since 06. Right. And like, no, overnight shit. This is really been going since 06, bro. Like, first movie come out in 08, basically, bro. And we just, y'all just hearing my name in the last year. You know what I mean? Like, people don't even get it. So if you doing this shit thinking it's going to be an overnight thing, Nah. Get the fuck up out of here, bro. <laughs> nah, talk about this. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm building this thing. Like, we on, we on the RV right now because we filming. I'm executive producing this. 
I'm not directing or wrote it. Like, bro, I couldn't get nobody to pay for it. Sharia in there directing right now. This is her first time directing. She ain't never go to no damn film school. Only school she went to was my school helping me. Mm-hmm. Like, able to pay them some money, pay these actors, give them a whole new career, bro. Sorry, God, bro. Like, people get it. You know, like, to have a whole team. Like, it, it started with three of us. Me, Blake, T. Rich, and I think, um, what's short, and I think he was with us on that first movie, I think. Three of us. Now it's a whole staff of, like, 20 people here working for us. You know? That shit, that shit can't even, you can't even write a better story, bro. Nah, it's God-driven, man. Sky driven, man. That's dope, man. In in real talk, my creators, like 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 I said before, man. You got when you hear these type of stories. This is what cuts is all about, man. I mean, we, you know, we, we're four seasons in, we're four seasons strong, and we just continuously aim for those figures that have the stories that could be relatable to you. You know what I'm saying? And, and and I'm glad Dennis is talking about the years he put in. You know what I'm saying? And I'm equivalent to that. You know what I'm saying? I started in '06. You know what I'm saying? I started in my mid twenties, you know, in the acting and then, you know, six years later, 2012 transitioned to media and then went behind the camera. And then now I'm here podcasting and back in acting, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it depends on your journey. You know what I'm saying? It depends on how much you're willing to put into your journey. You know what I'm saying? And if, and if you're doing it, you know, then definitely do it and go all in. Um, Definitely. I read up about, you know, what you was doing during the pandemic. And I, and I felt it was so dope that you went back to Detroit your home, um, your hometown in Detroit, and and was giving back to your community. Like, take us into what that did for your creativity, and as well as, um, what it did for you, like, like to feed your soul. Take us into that. What I did for my city, bro. I'm still in Detroit, so I ain't really gone nowhere. But okay, you know, shit. I own bars and restaurants, bro. So. You you can't be eating and you ain't feeding people. That that dog gotta take all that shit away from. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because I said that what Kill O'Neill said the other day. Like every time I go out the house, I'm looking for somebody. Dog doing that shit since I've been making anybody money. Like, right. So when when they close the schools, you know, I take my son to school every. At the time, I'll take my son to school every day, and. We understood that going to school, that's where they ate at. Sometimes they couldn't eat at home, bro. So that breakfast at school, that lunch at school, that meant something. You mm-hmm. know, like my son ain't never had to go through that. But, like, when he was a baby, I didn't get, like, if our lights got cut off at the crib, I was able to come home dark and be like, oh, it's time for you to go to bed anyway. Don't cut them lights off. Not knowing that they would be trying to get the lights cut back. You know what I mean? So he ain't never seen that struggle, but or never starved because it was like somehow, some way, I made him like not have to see that shit. So when I knew that kids weren't gonna be able to eat, man, get the fuck out of here! Yeah, I'm not gonna have to mess around in no city and not feed kids. You know, then when the news picked up on it, you know, people started bringing money, bro. And they start, you know, saying, yo, just thank you. I don't, here go $20. Here go $5. 
like in my head, I had a budget for ten thousand dollars. Like we gonna take ten thousand and ten thousand dollars worth of food is a lot of food, bro. Right? So I'm like, we just gonna do ten ten thousand. Man, I ain't gonna even lie to you, bro. I ended up doing like two thousand because the whole community came and was just like here, bro. Like you know how dope that is, bro. It just takes one motherfucker to say let's do it and be positive about it. Everybody started doing it. That's why you got to surround yourself around dope people because that shit contagious, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. Yo, and and really, truly, you know what I'm saying, definitely honored in, in, in of having you on here. And I really don't want to – I know because you're busy you got to go, but definitely want to get this last question out. What are your top three motivational quotes or advice for my creators? We're reaching out to you, my creators, right now. My 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 top three. Yeah, um, motivational quotes or advice. Um, God gives you a gift, and your gift to God is using it. Is one. Um, two. This one right here. Uh, a Jewish man would never say anything bad about another Jewish person in front of anybody publicly. If that don't hit home, bro, I don't know what the fuck do. You know, uh, us as a race, we do that shit so stupidly, bro. We got to get away from that. And uh, the last one, I would say, like, yes. That's one will probably be what goes on in my house days in my house. Mm-hmm. And people probably don't get that when it comes to just being in the house. But like, like if me and my team beefing, the only people that's what know me and my team beefing is you and your team, right? And we we should never beef that hard that at the end of the day you can't be like I love you. Like you could do. If you are my team, you could do almost anything to piss me off. Right. Right? But if I genuinely love you, mm-hmm. I'm not going to ever fuck over you. We still got to be family at the end of the day. So I made this money. We still got to you know, protect this product. It's a brand, you know. Mm-hmm. So I could be really, really mad at you today. But the only people that's supposed to know that we're mad at each other and us, if it go past us, that's when it's a problem. That's when you can't be my family no more. You know what I mean? Because it's like you can't, everybody is not meant for us. You know what right. I mean? Like everybody can't be with us. So if you tell them all our business, man, get the fuck out of our lives. Because this shit right here is us. So those are my three. All right, that's what's up. That's what's up, Dennis, man. Real talk, man. Once again, as I said, honored and dopeness and, and pleasure and honor speaking with you. Um, nonetheless, man, my creators should know about you. We all should know about you. But let everybody know where to follow you at, where to connect with you, and even for the for my future filmmakers, where to connect with you, if even if they have a project. Well, if you got a project, man, just go to Um. You know, leave a, a note there. Somebody gonna call you. It's probably gonna be my cousin Sean. Um, but following me, it's um, Dennis Reed with two eyes on Instagram. Then just Dennis Reed on Facebook, and then the same thing. Dennis Reed with two eyes. I on uh, 
And uh, Dennis Reed, I mean, DR2 Productions. Hit the website. Then you can find my movies on Tubi. Just put in Dennis Reed the second. All that shit come up, man. First Lady 1 through 3. Paper Heart. He said, she said, indictment. I use that word. The TV series. My first movie, True Law. And books, just Google it, man. They All that shit come up. Right. That's what's up, man. My creators, you know what it is, man. If you have any feedback, comments, insights, for that matter, go to cutspodcast1 at gmail.com as well as go to cutspodcast.com. You know, also, too, if you want to hit me up on the gram, you can hit me up at Remo Marac underscore. And as well as for the for the podcast itself, c.u.t.s double underscore on Instagram you heard and also too if you want to go to my personal website go to remomarat.com nonetheless this was another great episode episode 84 of Cuts Podcast you know what the cuts stand for culture, urban, technology and sports you know my hashtag my creators you know we going out with this ah PTC that's pound that chest come on man you know what it is man we out of here Peace. Yours truly, Remo Marac, a.k.a. Chef Remo. Yeah, you hear it cuts. You know what the cuts stand for. Culture, urban, technology, and sports. Now, for the latest features, content, interviews, and more, click that subscribe button. Come on, man!